Pastor Varun and Pastor Dala Hopperson would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church, Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's dynamic teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. You know that revival is about the heart. Revival is about the heart issue. It's not about traditions and religions and rituals and it's not about um, just have another meeting, but it's about a heart issue that God wants to deal with our heart. And if He can change our heart, everything else will be okay. He needs to deal with our heart first. And the Bible talks about the heart. If we can deal with our own heart first so that we can prepare our heart for God to deal with our heart, it will be easier for God to deal with us. And one way to deal with the heart is to really make a decision to open our heart to be bigger so that we can contain more and we can receive more. Now, the Bible says the cup runs over. The Bible is talking about our God is a God of more than enough and a God who always give and give and give until the cup runs over and spill onto the table and spill into the floor, into the carpet. But I noticed that when God talks about the cup or the container, in the church there are different sizes of container. Some are big, some are small. I'm not talking about physical size. I'm talking about the heart size. Some people, the heart is small, and some people, the heart is big. And the bigger heart, the more God can pour in, and the more you can contain. And if you notice in the Bible, everyone who has great anointing, lots of anointing, were those who have a big heart. Those who have big heart. King David, big heart. Jesus himself had the anointing without measure, without limit. He has the biggest heart because he shows something that his heart is the biggest heart in the whole world. How can you measure the heart? You don't use EKG. You don't use stethoscope. You don't do the treadmill test because this is not a physical heart, but it's a spiritual heart. The heart of your spirit inside here. So we don't need to hook up to the EKG machine. We don't need to hook up to the stethoscope or going to do the treadmill or see a cardiologist. One way that God will test or look at your heart and you can exercise. You know, sometimes people go to the workout club in order to do what we call aerobic exercise. I tell my patient all the time, you need to do aerobic exercise. What is that? Riding on the stationary bike to get your heart pumped to 120 minutes, to get your heart strong. But spiritually, we can, can prepare our heart and get our heart bigger by doing something that God talked about in the Bible. And that is, I'm going to read to you in the Bible. Do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So, in order to 
really build our heart up to be bigger to contain more anointing. We need to do like King David. King David gave generously to the house of God. Look at Jesus. He gave everything in his life, even his own life on the cross for the house of God, for the church. Everybody who has high anointing in the Bible was a cheerful, generous giver. If our heart is small or stingy, we cannot contain that much. And God is fair. That's why in the church, in the body of Christ, there are different levels of anointings. Some people have high anointings. Some people have low anointings. Some people have little anointing. Why? Because the size of the heart is different to contain the anointing. I and Pastor Da make a decision in 1997 when we entered the revival the first time that we're going to keep expanding our heart by learning how to give. Giving to people, giving to the Lord, giving our time, giving our energy without string attached. We, we want to bless other people. We want to be a blesser to give and bless other people. And that's why we give CD for free in our church because it's the same principle. We want to give. We want to open our heart at the church level and the personal level. And we want to have a bigger heart every single year. More anointing can come in inside us and stay in, in the inside of us. Tonight, I believe that you come to receive. Tonight, you come to let the Lord pour out anointing upon you in revival service. So, I want you to open your heart first and get your heart bigger tonight by exercising giving. When you give, you say to the Lord that I trust you and I don't worry about money. The Lord is going to take care of my finances. And this is what I'm going to do to show that my heart is with you and you can do whatever you want in my heart. I surrender my heart to you. It's a tangible way to show that you surrender your heart, open your heart to God. You know, God is very practical. God is very practical. He wants to see your practical life. People can talk with their mouth, yeah, I love God, yeah, my heart is seeking. But God wants to see the tangible way that your heart really, really means what you say. And one way to show that you really mean what you say is to look at your checkbook and look at how you give. And this is between you and God, not me. It's not about the amount, but it's about the percentage, how you give. So tonight, before we go on, I'd like to worship the Lord and give you opportunity to open your heart and stretch your heart a little bit more to receive from the Lord by giving Him the offering. Amen? Are you ready to give? Are you willing to say, God, I love you more, man, more, you more than my money. I'm willing to open my heart to receive tonight because I love you. My heart is with you. I want to show a tangible way to show you that I love you. Amen? Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you so much, Lord, for the blessing of giving. We believe, Father, we never outgive God. We put something into your hands, like that boy who gave five loaves and two fish into your hand, and you multiply, and you feed the multitude. And then he le have left over 
12 basket full. Father, we believe tonight as we put this finance into your hand. You shall multiply and you shall bless the nations through these finances. And then we will have many basket full left over so that we can give again in the future. Father, we believe we're going to give by faith. We're going to give with a sincere and surrendering heart and really want to show you that we love you more than anything else, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Tonight we would like to talk about revival. I haven't talked about revival for a long time. But this is a subject that I cannot talk only a brief period because it's a big subject. And it's a really dear to me because of revival. I and Pasada have come to this point of our life. Many of you may not know us very well. You don't know me and Pasada. We were saved more than 27 years ago. And I became a pastor three years later, started to pastor a Baptist church in Thailand, a small church. And at that time, we were just struggling, trying to understand God and try to serve God with our own power. And then in 1983, we were filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues. And we moved to the U.S. in 1985. God called us to start this church out of the blue. We did not plan to. I want to come here to be a rich neurosurgeon. I want to have a nice, beautiful house and many air yacht, many boats and airplanes. I want to be a rich doctor. But God just intervened and stopped it. And now I'm a pastor instead of being a rich doctor. But when we started a church we, and, and start to pastor the church, we struggled so much because our relationship was not very strong. And I know the Word of God a lot. I studied the Word of God. I really tried to preach the Word faithfully. But the church was so dry. Not many souls saved. No miracles happened. I was struggling. I was very depressed and down, tried to grow the church, but nothing happened. I could not hear the voice of God very well until one day God spoke to me. I actually, before God spoke to me, I cried out to God, God, I need your help. There must be something missing in my life that make me not to be in the abundant life you talk about. Therefore, in 1995, God began to speak to me about seeking the Holy Spirit, but I didn't totally understand. But by 1997, somebody from Australia told me that I need to go to a meeting to seek the file of God. And that is the turning point of my life. We went to a meeting in Portland, Oregon. And in that meeting, the file of God touched me first time. And I was totally changed since that day on. And after that, I stay in revival. I stay. And to today, I still thank God that God led me to be touched by the file of God and to stay in revival. And I'm still being changed from glory to glory to glory every single month. I am being changed by the file of God every single month. Now I see the possibility and the promise of God that it can be fulfilled. The promise of God is that we have life and have it more abundantly. 
the promise of God is that we're gonna change from glory to glory to glory until we reach the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. In the past, I read those scriptures and I thought this is just a theory; it's impossible. But now, in the file of God, I see myself that I'm being changed from glory to glory to glory, become more and more like Christ every single day. And again, God doesn't change my outside outward appearance, but He was changing my heart every single day from one level of faith to another level of faith, from one level of love to another level of love, from one level of insight and understanding of the kingdom of God to another level of understanding about the kingdom of God. I'm changing to the point that sometimes some people around me say that why you go so fast? I'm running fast. I don't want to stop changing. And I promise God that as long as I live and as long as I pastor this church and churches around under my care, our care, we will keep revival in the church. What does it mean, revival? You know, you use the word revival because something already become alive one time and then kind of go down and start to go dead. And then God needs to revive to get to the next level. You know, I believe that we all need to be revived because when we compare ourselves to the perfection of Christ, we all still fall, fall short of the glory and the perfection of Christ. We need to move from this level to the next level. And if we stay like that, at that level without growing to the next level, in the sense we are stagnant, and it's not good to have the stench of stagnation. It's smelly. Stagnation is not good. Have you ever seen dead cow in the field? Stench. So the same thing, Christians who don't move forward need revival, need to move to the next level and grow from glory to glory to glory. I believe that's why the church needs to stay in revival. I believe the same thing that every pastor who runs the church needs to be revivalists, need to learn how to bring the presence of God, bring the fire of God into the church so that the whole church will stay in revival all the time. Tonight, I would like to talk about revival. I know that this is not Bible-type teaching. You know, sometimes my patient asks me, Dr. Lau, are you a Bible teacher? I just kind of look at them and say, what, what do you mean, Bible teacher? I know that what they mean. They mean I will expound verse by verse. But I never see Jesus expound verse by verse in the Old Testament. Jesus is preached from the Holy Spirit. So we want to hear what the Holy Spirit says according to the Word of God. Amen? Revival will never happen without the Holy Spirit. Revival is about the sovereign move of God. That God moved tangibly. That God comes and is doing something on the life of His people in a tangible way. Revival must come with the tangible presence of God. Come with the fire of the living God. So if we want revival, we need to welcome the fire of God. We need to welcome the tangible anointing of the Lord. And look at what the Bible says about the Holy Spirit. In John chapter 3, verse 8, the Bible says, I read from Amplified Bible, The wind blows, breathe where it wills. Everyone say, it wills. So in other words, the wind blows according to what it wants to do. 
you cannot force the wind. And though you hear its sound, yet you neither know where it comes from nor where it is going. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. So in order to plug into revival, in order to get into and stay in revival, we need to understand the work of the Holy Spirit. We need to welcome the work of the Holy Spirit, and we need to understand that. The Holy Spirit will do whatever He wants according to His will. We cannot manipulate the Holy Spirit. We cannot force the Holy Spirit, and we cannot control the Holy Spirit. But we need to let the Holy Spirit do whatever He wants. We cannot put the Holy Spirit in the box and say, "You're going to do this and do that according to my denominational background and experiences and plans and purpose." No, the Holy Spirit must be the boss. Must be the master in the church to keep revival in your life all the time. I remember the first lesson I learned about revival is that revival must happen first in your life before somebody else. If you want to see revival in the northwest, it has to happen in this church first, not other people. You cannot expect sinner out there to get revival without revival in the local church. So we need to welcome the Holy Spirit and let the Holy Spirit work. In our life, and welcome the full manifestation of the Holy Spirit. We need to surrender, like what I say a while ago. It doesn't matter my hairstyle. It doesn't matter how my makeup look like. It doesn't matter my clothes maybe shrink and maybe just wrinkle. It doesn't matter. You are the boss. You can do whatever you want in my life, Holy Spirit. If you still come to God with a lot of hidden agendas or with some kind of plan that God, not my makeup today, I'm gonna have to look good. If you say God, my hairstyle need to look neat today, don't touch me, don't bother me too much. I have some wall, I have some boundary. You cannot do anything to me. If you have that attitude that you say God, I'm gonna control you. I will not let you do whatever you want. You cannot enter revival. That's why revival is like that woman with the issue of blood. She risked her life to be stoned in the public because she was willing to go through the crowd. And if somebody know that she has blood come out, she has bleeding. She can be stoned. She can be in trouble. But she's willing to risk her life. She said, "I don't care. I'm gonna touch the hem of Jesus. I'm gonna." Touch that anointing. I want that anointing to touch me. I want to change. I don't want to be sick like this forever. I want to have life and have it more abundantly. She was so desperate. She was so hungry for God to the point that she doesn't care anymore what happened around her. She just press in and press in and press in. That's why revival doesn't happen to every church. That's why revival doesn't happen to every member of the same church. Because not everyone has that kind of attitude. That Holy Spirit, you can do whatever you want in my life. I will pull down my wall, and you can do whatever you want. I'm not going to tell you what to do, but you can tell me what to do. I'm going to follow the wind of the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit tell me to do something, I will do that. Two days ago, I went to the men group at Seattle U, and I told. The men in that group that my goal as a pastor of this church, I want to see that eventually every single member of our church will live in that revival 
When you live in revival 24/7, what does it mean? 24/7. It means that 24/7. 24 means 24 hours. Seven means seven days a week. <laughs> If you don't understand. If you live all the time 24/7, led by the spirit of the living God. There are three They are led by their physical need. People who are led by another group of people who are led by their mind and their mental capacity. Everything has to make sense, otherwise I will not do it. Everything needs to be logical, otherwise I don't do it. But if you want to live in revival, you need to be led by the Spirit of the living God 24-7. I know that... All of us have not arrived at yet, that level. But that is our goal, that we're going to walk by the Spirit. Let the wind of the Holy Spirit lead us all the time. All the time. The Holy Spirit will lead us and guide us all the time. You don't make decisions by your flesh or your mental capacity, but by the Spirit of the living God. And you know, that's how Jesus lived on earth. If I challenge you to go back and read the four gospel one more time. When you read the four gospel, you notice that Jesus Christ was not living on earth here by the leading of his own flesh, by the leading of other people, or by his mental ability, but by the spirit of the living God. Sometimes people told him, stay here. He said, no, I have to go. You remember one time he healed a person from demon-possessed, And people say, stay in this city, stay here. He said, no, I have to go. He was led by the Spirit. Sometimes he used saliva. Sometimes he used mud to heal people. I believe that he did all those things, not because he has nothing to do, not because he's crazy, not because he, he was like out of mind or used saliva. No, I believe that he was led by the Spirit 100% of the time. He said that, The Son of Man will do nothing except He sees what the Father do. Again, let me repeat one more time. The Son of Man cannot do anything except what He sees the Father do. So in other words, the Lord Jesus Christ was led by the Spirit of God 24-7. If you can live your life like that, you're going to be a powerful, anointed man and woman of God. Amen? I know that this is our goal. We should set that spiritual goal. And that is revival. Look at the early church in the book of Acts. All the believers in the book of Acts were led by the Spirit of God. And that's why they were so powerful. Miracles and signs and wonders of revival happened in Jerusalem. Revival happened in every city that Paul went. Because Paul was led by the Holy Spirit all the time. We need to learn how to sometimes shut off our flesh. We need to learn somehow to shut off our brain and listen to the Spirit of God. I plan one day to teach a series called How to Listen to the Voice of God because it's so important how to live this life on earth here. If you don't know how to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, you will not be able to be led by the Spirit of God, period. You need to learn how to be led by the voice of the Holy Spirit 24-7. Amen? Even during the time of surgery, I was listening to God all the time. 
God, what you want me to say? What you want me to do? Look at the Bible in Acts chapter 16, verse 7. After they had come to Mysia, they tried to go to Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. Them mean the early church disciple. They were not led by their own plan, but by the Spirit of the living God. When we talk about revival, we talk about the Holy Spirit. We talk about the presence of the Holy Spirit. We talk about the touch of the Holy Spirit to come and set us free. I believe that every single Christian on earth here, including me, it doesn't matter how long I become a Christian. It doesn't matter how mature I am or how mature you are. When you compare yourself to God, to Jesus, the perfection of Jesus Christ, we are still on the way there and we all need some work of the Holy Spirit. We all need the touch of the Holy Spirit all the days of our life so that we can change from one level to the next level to the next level. There is no Christian yet who have arrived to become more like Jesus. We all need to change. Amen? That's why revival never stops. Okay? So we need the work of the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit comes in order to change us, transform us, revive us, renew us, and set us free, heal us. Some of you may be sick all the time, and God wants to heal you so that you can be healthy to serve Him. Some of you may be bound by some mental issue, maybe depression, maybe fear. God wants to set you free from fear and depression so that you can become effective to serve the living God. If you're bound by fear, how can you serve God? You're bound by depression, how can you serve God? So the Holy Spirit has a lot of work to do on earth here. I'm glad I'm not the Holy Spirit. Only one or two patients already have a lot of headaches to try to help them to come out from, like I have some patients who have back pain, oh, so hard to get rid of that back pain. But Holy Spirit has to deal with millions of people in the world, try to heal and set free and deliver people, and everyone needs Him to do something in their life, including me. It's a lot of work, but thank God He is omnipotent. He can do whatever He wants. Amen? He is not the God who is limited by anything. Amen. But what I want to say is, we have the enemy. The enemy is the devil. The devil would do everything. Listen carefully. The devil would do everything to kill revival, to stop the fire of God, because the heart of God, the Bible says in Acts chapter 10, verse 38, Acts chapter 10, verse 38, this is the heart of God for mankind. The Bible says, For God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. So the heart of God is to set everybody free, take off the shackles and chains and bondages and curses and sin and anything bad in your life. You want to set you free. You want to get rid of all of them, one by one, one shackle at a time, one chain at a time. He wants to set us free. That is the heart of God. And that's why we need revival. The only person who can set us free, not the pastor, not only the Bible, but the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Amen? The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 10, verse 27, it shall come to pass in that day that his burden, whose burden? My burden and your burden. His burden will be taken away from your shoulder and his yoke from your neck the joke of the devil, and the joke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil. 
Jesus was anointed by the Holy Spirit to set the captive free. Today, Jesus is not walking on earth now, but he still sent his anointing into the man and the woman of God. And that anointing we call the file of God, the tangible presence of God. And the purpose of revival is to come and clean up the church, purify the church, so that we can be all set free from all the negative and dark things in our life. That is the purpose of God. God wants you to move on, to progress to the next level. But the devil doesn't like that. The devil will do everything to stop revival. The devil will do everything to put a blanket on the fire so that the fire will stop in the church. He will gonna try to stop the, the revival in the life of the pastor. He will stop the fire in the life of the members. No one... Evangelist told me that it's so sad that many times he went to church and church and church. Many churches, after revival broke out in that city, after he left two years later, the whole church went back to the original condition again. Why? Because the devil came in and put the blanket on the fire and everyone went back to the original condition. The fire left. I will not let that happen in New Hope International Church. As long as I live, the fire is going to be here. Amen. I will not let the devil quench the fire of God on revival in the church. And if we want to continue in revival, we need to yield to the Holy Spirit. We need to learn how to let the Holy Spirit control us. Listen carefully. I mean, I hope you go and listen to this CD one more time because I know it's a lot of things, very spiritual things, something new you learned tonight. You need to yield to the Holy Spirit. And one of the ways that the devil used to, con- to destroy revival is the word control. There are two kinds of people in the world. The people who are controllers. They control other people and they control the Holy Spirit. If these people tend to do like this, God, if you tell me it doesn't make sense, I'm not going to do it because I want to control the situation. One group of people like to control, control their wife. Don't go to that church. Don't do that. If you control, you don't surrender to the Holy Spirit. You need to let go and let the Holy Spirit control you. Some people, some pastors may control members. And if you control members, you cannot have revival in the church because you don't give freedom to the Holy Spirit to do the job in the church because you act like God yourself. You control everybody. In the church at one revival, we need to let go of control and let the Holy Spirit come and do the work. Another kind of people that the devil likes to work with to quench the fire of the revival, we call people who love to be controlled. I'm serious. There are two kinds of people, love to control, and people who say, yes, whatever. I don't have my own spine. Whatever people say, I do it. And this, the devil loves because he can come in and use another controller to control you and quench you from being in the file of God. So we have to be careful not to be either controller or being controlled by other people. I'm not talking about rebellion. This is not about rebellion. You know, when the pastor is working with the Holy Spirit, we need to submit. But when the pastor starts working the flesh, 
and control people. We need to say, you know, Pastor, I love you and I submit to you, but I cannot let you control me because this is not right. This is not the spirit of God. The Holy Spirit gives freedom, but the devil gives control. Anytime they saw control, it's demonic, not God. God never controls people. We just surrender. He just lead. He says, lead, keep leading. We just follow. He never control you and try to like strangle you and say, you have to follow me. No, God never do that. God gives you free will. Amen. Not only that. Sometimes, instead of trying to follow the Holy Spirit, the devil will use the flesh to destroy revival. The flesh come up. Oh, you offend me. I leave the church. The flesh. Oh, you don't do what I like. I leave the church. I'm not going to go to revival service anymore because I don't like you. The flesh rise up and that's destroy revival too. We need to stop living that way. Fleshy Christian, carnal Christian. Another thing that destroy revival is we call manipulation. All these things, control, being controlled, living in the flesh, all this, the work of the devil or demonic power. People sometimes manipulate. Manipulate you to do something. If you start to manipulate, Holy Spirit have no freedom to do because man manipulate man now. Is that right? Don't do that at all. Because if you start to do manipulation, the Holy Spirit have no freedom to move anymore. You kick him out of the meeting. You quench him right away and the devil will come in and start to do the work with you. Because manipulation is demonic. I don't want to practice manipulation in the church. Unfortunately, and this is sad, and we, we need to intercede and pray for a lot of Christians. I don't understand why many Christians love shackles, love chains. Many Christians don't like the anointing. They don't like revival service. They don't like Holy Spirit. They don't like the fire of God. But they like shackles and chains and bondages. They like onions in Egypt. They like garlic in Egypt. They like religion and rules and regulation, but they don't want the freedom of the Holy Spirit. They like circumcision, the rule. How many people are going to walk out to be saved here to be circumcised? Raise your hand up. Some people who are religion say, if you are not circumcised, you cannot eat dinner with me. And I want to ask a question. How do you know he's circumcised? How do you check? I just wonder, how do you discriminate people on the door that cannot come in to eat dinner with you because they are circumcised? You have to check. Is that right? I'm not going to check that. Sorry. We are saved by grace and by faith, not by rule and law and regulation and religion. One of the tactics the devil is doing in the church to quench the Holy Spirit is to bring religion into the church, bring Egypt back. Some people like the pain of being slave in Egypt. Some people like the pain of circumcision instead of loving the joy of the Holy Spirit. In this church, I promise you, I will not bring the religion back here to make all the men circumcised. You can have peace, okay? You are not saved by circumcision. Thank God. But that's what happened. 
You have to be careful, okay? I'm not kidding here. Churches, pastors like me, can end up being religious and start to put religion and tradition and law into the church and kick the Holy Spirit out and stop revival completely by religions. Religions are not of God. Religions, the spirit of religions is of the devil. Look at what happened in the Bible, in the book of Galatians. In Galatia, the church, born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, touched by the fire of God, the revival happened in the early church. Only in a few years, what happened? The Judaism came in and told them that you need to circumcise. Look at what Paul said to Galatians. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, In freedom, Christ has made us free and completely liberated us. Stand fast then and do not be hampered and held ensnare and submit again to a yoke of slavery which you have once put off. One of the reasons we need to keep revival in the church because a lot of time I see, I mean, I've been Christian for 27 years. I, I have seen people come into the church, get saved, rejoice, singing, I love Jesus, very free. A few years later, the religion and the law and tradition in the church bow them again with the law in the church, the religion in the church. If you don't wear tie in the church, you're not a good Christian. If you, wear long, if you don't have long hair, you're not a good Christian. If you don't wear skirt, you are not saved. Or this law. And the church bow them with religion again. Instead of setting people free and stay in revival. That's why we need the file of God. Because the file of God come opposite. The fire of God come opposite to destroy religion, destroy tradition, destroy control, destroy manipulation. It's so clear. And I see that in my own experience. When the fire of God touched me, I remember one time I went to a meeting in Olympic Peninsula. The pastor asked me to come up to give testimony. I think you heard this testimony many times in my CD. And when I grabbed the microphone, I planned what to say already. I'm going to say this and that. Suddenly, the fire of God touched me. I began to lose. I got drunk, and I couldn't talk, and I fell under to the ground and laughed and got drunk in the Holy Spirit in front of 200 people, and they all know that I'm a neurosurgeon from Seattle. I looked so, so stupid in their eyes. This neurosurgeon was drunk in front of people. But you know, God wants to kick the control out of the church. Kick the tradition out, the religion out. That's why when the file of God comes, the hairstyle may be messy. The makeup will be gone because there's all man's control. You may be on the floor and drunk and could not get up. He wants, if you keep in the fire, the control cannot be there. The manipulation cannot be there. Is that right? It's opposite the Pharisees and the Sadducees. The Pharisees and Sadducees represent religion. They come to control you, to accuse you, to put religion into you, to put tradition into you. But the Holy Spirit comes opposite to destroy religion, destroy tradition, destroy the control and manipulation. You notice that the Pharisees are very controlling, very accusing all the time. They have bad spirit. They have demonic spirit in their life. Amen? So, that's why we need to keep revival in the church so that we will not end up like the book of Galatians. 
get back to circumcision again. Are you glad, all men, that the pastor will not get back to circumcision? Or the woman maybe said, "You cannot wear pants in the church. You need to wear skirt." That is that is religion. Amen. Hallelujah. Revival is about change. Revival is not just having a nice meeting and a lot of people sit in the room. Revival is not just about laying on of hand and people fall down or laugh and shake. Revival is about change of your life. If you get touched, you lay hand on you, you fall down, you laugh, you cry, and you get up and you don't change, you are not in revival. You are acting. You are acting like you are touched by the Holy Spirit. If you are really touched by the Holy Spirit, you will be changed. That's happened to me. When God touched you, me, I changed the way I talk. I used to sarcast a lot. I love to sarcast people. I, I love it. Lately, I couldn't sarcast anymore. It's like I couldn't speak it. I, I, my, sometimes my temptation comes to say something, but I couldn't speak it. You change the way you talk. Change the way you worship. Change the way you read the Bible. Change the way you treat your wife. If you still treat your wife in a bad way, after you come and lay hand ten times until your hair all gone, you are not in revival. Because if you're in revival, even though the hair is still there after lay hand hundred times, you're gonna change the way you treat your wife. You're gonna change the way you treat your husband. You're gonna change the way you preach, the way you teach. You're gonna change the way even you change to the point that the doctrine of your life changed. Believe me, I have done already. My doctrine has changed a lot in the past few years because the Holy Spirit come and illuminate me and say, oh, I believe in the wrong way. I need to get rid of that doctrine. It's wrong that I learned from denomination. Some of you may need to throw some books out of your house, some even Christian books, because those books bring doubt and bring religion to you. You say, I don't want to read this book. I could not grab that book and read it. This is religion. Throw away. You need to read the book that full of faith, full of the word, full of the Holy Spirit, not any book. You may need to throw some tape away, some CD away, because you cannot listen to those CD anymore. When revival hit you, it's about change. Amen? And we want to see change in the church. Are you ready to change? The key is hunger. The key is you recognize that I need to change. This is not a game. This is an upheaval. Revival meeting is not a game. It's an upheaval. It's a battle between God and the devil, between God and your flesh. God is going to come today and cut on you and operate on you to change you to the next level. So in revival, you don't feel comfortable. That's why a lot of people run out to the door when I start to lay hand. A lot of people walk back to the door and stand there and watch. Because the flesh in the inside or demon on the inside are not happy. Very upheaval on the inside. Either you surrender and say, I'm going to go and get changed. Or you back off and say, I'm going to stay the same way. I'm sorry. I don't want to change. I feel comfortable right now. It's comfortable to be this way to lie a little bit, to hate people a little bit, to go to church and just act like hypocrites a little bit. You don't want to change. Then you don't need revival. But if you want revival, you're going to face upheaval. Something going to happen to you. When God touches you, He can do something in you. Are you willing to let God change you? 
or you want to stay the same? It's your choice. God will never force anybody. Are you desperate? You say, God, I'm tired of my old life. I'm tired of who I am right now. I want to change to the next level. Sometimes when I did not treat my wife very well, I you know, walk away and say, why I am like this? I need to be a better husband. I'm desperate for the Holy Spirit to touch me, to change me. She say, Amen. Wow, she loved that. <laughs> Amen. Really, revival is about change. It's about surrender and say, God, I'm not happy where I am right now. I want to move on. When the Holy Spirit starts to move, the devil is going to talk to you. Again, he lay hand. Again, people cry. Again, same thing all over again. The demon on the inside is going to say, you don't need that. You're okay. You have money. You have good jobs. You have good family. You don't need this stuff, this revival stuff, this touch of God. I don't need it. I'm fine. Jesus said, the doctor come to help the patient. If you think you're fine, you don't need the doctor, then you don't see the doctor. That's why the Bible says, those who are poor in the spirit shall see the kingdom of God. You need to see the poverty in your spirit. I lack something. I need God. I am thirsty and hungry, and I shall be filled today. That is about revival. Revival meeting is about change. It's about the presence of God show up to change you. Amen? Thank God for the goosebumps, the falling, the laughter. All these are good, but it's not enough. We need to change. Amen. But why don't you check your heart right now? You ask yourself, am I okay? Do I need to change? Am I satisfied with the level I am in spirit? Am I mature? Am I a mature Christian? Do I look like Jesus? Or am I still far away from being looked like Jesus? You ask yourself, are you willing to humble yourself and come to God? Pull out your veil of time, the veil of the flesh, the veil of pride, and say, God, I'm going to press in to meet you. I need to change. Are you desperate? Amen. I discovered one thing that is so good to change, to become like Christ. It's so good to have faith, to have love. It's so good to be so happy. You are happy when you are like Christ. You don't worry anymore. You trust God. You love people. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Come and drink. Don't be an observer. If you keep observe, the water will pass by you and you never drink anything. Get desperate and drink yourself. Amen. If you don't learn how to yield to the Holy Spirit in this kind of meeting, you don't learn how to hook up, to be filled, to surrender, 
to be marinated, to be led by the Spirit in this kind of meeting. You will not be able to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit at the bus stop, at the workplace, on the road. But if you learn how to yield right now, you learn how to surrender now. A lot of people ask me, "Why do I have to fall?" Easy, because you don't want to stand. Why I have to fall? I don't want to stand because I want to yield. Because if I keep standing, then my legs get tired. Then I walk away. I will not have time to meet with God. I just focus on my legs. I'm tired. Some people fall because God touched them and they could not stand. Some people fall because they surrender. If they learn how to surrender in the meeting, they will surrender at the workplace, in the bus stop, everywhere. And when you learn how to surrender there, you listen to the Holy Spirit, and whatever He tell you, you shut your mind off and listen to the voice of God. I believe you're gonna live a supernatural life. Things gonna happen. You say the right thing. You go to the right place, do the right time, invest the money in the right place. You're gonna be different people. You will be supernatural employee of your company because you learn how to listen and yield to the Holy Spirit. We need to pull down our pride, swallow our pride, to learn how to yield to the Holy Spirit. Pride is the Enemy of revival. Amen. What kind of life you choose to live? Live in the flesh, live by your soul, or live by the spirit? It's your choice. I want to live by the spirit all the days of my life. I'm gonna surrender to the Holy Spirit. Amen. The presence of the Lord is here. Open your heart. The presence of the Lord is in the atmosphere here. The anointing of God come to set the captive free. Come to change. Take away Egypt out of your life. Slavery. The chains and the shackles. The plague. Take away all the things that God doesn't want you to have. Let the anointing touch you. Let the fire of God work in your life. Don't listen to your mind. Don't listen to your flesh. Listen to God. Your mind gonna tell you, don't do it, don't yield. But the Holy Spirit say, yield. Come to me, those who have burden. Come to me and take my yoke. I will help you. Surrender to me. Today I want to change God. I don't want to be the same. Lord Jesus, thank you, Lord Jesus. <laughs> thank you, Lord Jesus. Fill me, Lord, tonight. 
fill me tonight. I open my heart. You can do whatever you want tonight. Come and change me, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Desperate to change. Tell the Lord, I want to change. I don't want to be the same. Fire, fill right now. Fire, yes, Lord. Right now, in Jesus' mighty name. Fire. Diana and Stephanie, come here. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hasada, come and help me lay hand. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You can come to the floor. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lift your hand up. Right now, feel fire, fire, feel. Feel fire. Don't hurry to get up. Continue to drink. Continue to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Just get as much as you can, like. The virgin, the five virgins, get more oil for the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Fire, yes, Lord, fill. Now, never be the same, Lord. Carry the fire of God to your family, to your family. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. <laughs> Fire, yes, Lord, fill right now. <laughs> yes, Lord. Hallelujah. The anointing to make wealth, to support the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Touch his business. Touch. He will support the gospel. Fire right now in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Yeah, Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lift your hand up. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Close your eyes. Hungry, drink. The fire of the living God fill them right now. Pour out the Holy Spirit upon them, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, impartation from heaven. Fire, fire, fill now. This trip will never be the same.
We trust this message has ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching series, please contact us at 206-275-1042 or visit our website online at www.NewHopeInternationalChurch.org. You may also write to us at the following address, New Hope International Church, 9170 Southeast 64th Street, Mercer Island, Washington, 98040. Thank you very much. 